Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Me being a planner and having nothing on the calendar and being anxious about... I need something to work towards. Like I need a goal to get back in shape. A marathon might be too much because I couldn't even fathom running that distance because I didn't know how I was going to feel after having a baby. And, you know, a half marathon is doable. Women's running, running, running. Women's running stories. Hi, I'm Nicole Pinto, and I'm back to talk about part two, postpartum running. I am now a mother. If you listen to part one, that was my journey to Boston while pregnant. So I'm back to give you part two. Yes, Nicole is back. We have actually had her on the show several times. She was part of our Roads to Boston series. And then, yes, we did tell a part one story about her journey training for and running the Boston Marathon while pregnant. And I wanted to have her back to find out how her postpartum journey went. Before we get into that, though, welcome to Women's Running Stories. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am your host and producer. And the music you hear behind me is made by Cormac O'Regan. He does all the original music and he scores the show. And this podcast is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And now let's move on to Nicole Pinto's story. A few things to know. Nicole works as a cardiovascular perfusionist. And if you don't know what that means, just know that it means that she works very long hours in the hospital and her job is very intense. And to give you a little bit of a timeline, her daughter was born in February of 2022. Just before her daughter was born, she did sign up for the Malibu Half Marathon, which took place on November 6th of 2022. So yes, she had some very long range goals. And one small detail I wanted to define is that Nicole does along the way here mention relaxin. And relaxin is a hormone that women who are pregnant and going to give birth experience. It relaxes muscles, joints, and ligaments, which makes it easier to have a baby. But from a movement standpoint, it also can make it easier to get hurt because things are just looser. And so she does mention that along the way. So just a heads up if you do not know what relaxin is. And without further ado, Let's get on with it. Let's get to Nicole's story. She does start out telling us about how her pregnancy went. She tells her whole story in her own voice, so you will not hear from me until the end. So let's get to it. Here is Nicole. I've been super lucky. I had a smooth pregnancy. I didn't have any morning sickness. I didn't have any ailments. So that allowed me to continue running as long as I did. I ran up to a week before I delivered. So I had my baby girl and 
My delivery was super smooth, but it's surprising. She was born three weeks early. Um, I went for my 36-week appointment. It was towards the end of that week. Um, I was almost 37 weeks for a standard scan. And um, up until this point, my pregnancy was flawless. You know, I felt great. My numbers were great. Um, What they noticed was that on the ultrasound, uh, there was decreased fetal growth just due to space. And also my placenta uh, had aged. So basically that just means that it was functioning, but not as optimally as it should have been at that point in my pregnancy. And so because I was due in three weeks and she would have been full term in two days, they decided that it would probably be in our best interest to go ahead and induce early. So as you can imagine, my husband and I were at the OB's office and hearing that and it's like, you know, I had every intention on going into the hospital to work, but I didn't think I would be going in to be induced that day. So it was quite the surprise. And uh, all in all, it was super smooth and uh, no issues, no complications. You know, that compared to a marathon, it was, I think, 40 minutes and I had a baby, you know, all in all when it came time to push and everything. So that was that. We got home with her and uh, learned very quickly that we weren't going to be sleeping very much, which we knew initially. But what you don't expect is the difficulty being tired, having difficulty communicating, you know, with your partner and, you know, navigating shifts and how to manage. And so it, it was exhausting. Um, you know, we were in awe and just super happy and in love with this little girl, but at the same time, you know, really just trying to get through each day and each night, um, you know, with the feedings and the changings and everything. Um, after about a month, I felt like, you know, okay, I've got a system. We've got a system down. We would do shifts where, um, I would, you know, sleep for like a four hour stretch at night. My husband would feed in the middle. I I was pumping also. um, So we had bottles for her. And then during the day he would sleep and I would nurse her and take care of her. And, you know, it got better as time went on. And uh, the first month I was after giving birth, I was just a hermit. So there was no running. And, you know, I have a treadmill at home and I would walk a lot on the treadmill I'd have the baby and her little bouncer napping and I would just walk just to get, you know, some distance on my legs. Cause that's really all I was, you know, cleared to do at the time, um, just to let everything heal as it should. And before I could run, I will say that I did cross train. I did a lot of like yoga and postpartum workouts, um, and a little bit of like light weights because that's all I could do. Um, I also got, was sent some information on postpartum running. Uh, I remember one of the girls, she's a physician who I used to work with, um, sent me an article about, you know, you shouldn't run until 12 weeks postpartum. And, you know, that may be the case for people who don't typically run. That probably is a really good recommendation. But I also know that I've been running for a long time and And in my mind, I was like set on six weeks. If I'm good at six weeks, I'm going to walk, run, you know, and if anything, like if there's a twinge or any sort of pain, you know, I would not have continued running. 
then there was a little bit of the unsolicited advice and it's like, oh yeah, that's nice. And then I, the running group that I run with um, on Saturdays, it's a marathon training group. So, you know, throughout the year, it, they just do long runs throughout the weekend. Most of the women are mothers. So I had them to talk to. Um, they are most of which ran while pregnant before, after. And so I got a lot of good advice from them as well. So even more fuel to me believing that, okay, you know, take all this in and then, you know, acknowledge where I'm at and go from there. Right around the six and a half week mark, you know, I was cleared to start running. I felt good. I did light jogs, like a walk run. And then one day I went out to do one mile and that one mile felt like 10 miles. So it was probably around the seventh week mark where I went out into my neighborhood and, you know, went out half a mile and came back and, you know, my heart rate was high. It felt really hard. I remember the sensation and this sensation is reoccurring anytime I'm out of shape. This is like significantly out of shape where it feels like my legs are itching. And what I've learned is that that's just the response to the brain when you have new capillaries opening to deliver blood to your tissues that have apparently atrophied over time, um, or you just haven't used them, those muscles yet. And so that's the body's way of delivering more oxygen to those tissues to allow you to continue at that rate. Um, and so I dealt with that for at least a week. I, I remember posting on one of my Strava runs, walks, jogs, whatever you wanna call it one day, that I felt like a robotic sloth. That's how I felt. I felt like it wasn't, it didn't feel like natural running. It just felt kind of awkward. And my, the effort that I felt I was doing, you know, felt faster than what I was actually doing. And so I definitely did not feel like myself. It didn't feel like my body. Um, and I wasn't really bothered by that because I just knew this was just going to be part of the process. And the fact that I was out there running and everything else was okay and I wasn't having any pain or anything, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to take it easy. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, is something bothering me? Because, you know, I would expect at some point maybe something would. But I really do think that I did get into this very gradually out of fear that I could get hurt or, you know, maybe, you know, I'm really loose somewhere and I could pull something easily because you have to relax and to deliver your child and so that lingers for a period of time after you deliver and you could more easily hurt something if you overextend yourself and so that was always on the back of my mind um, that did not happen and I didn't push myself to try to find out if that was going to happen. I would say after about three or four weeks of you know running three or so times a week, short distances. It was starting to feel more smooth and easier. But yeah, it just, it, it never, not in the beginning, it just did not feel natural. Um, it was work, it was a lot of work and I had to consciously make an effort to 
check in on my form and you know really evaluate how I was landing my cadence my heart rate all of these things which you know it's just it's a new experience so yeah <laughs> it was very different I remember I went back to work after three months and the day before I started back on at work was Mother's Day and they were doing this Mother's Day 5k run in a neighborhood close by and I got to see my friends who I hadn't seen and you know it just felt so good and I ran you know it's just a fun run it wasn't an organized race or anything but I ran it and I was super proud and then we did like some burpees and other exercises afterwards and you know, I, of course I could have been in better shape, but coming back, I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is a start. It feels good to be back out in the community and moving, you know, and that was a huge accomplishment at that point. My progression was normal, slow, gradual, and my heart rate slowly trended down, which means I was becoming in better shape. Uh, so I just kind of went with that. Um, I, I slowly started adding a little bit more distance and I remember after about three and a half months running, I would say, uh, Tracksmith was holding a Twilight 5k on the track, which first one was in July because they did a repeat the next month. Uh, that is where I started many, many years ago in high school, um, on the track. And, uh, I was like, okay, well, I knew a lot of people like the roster came out and I was like, I know so many people running this. I should go out there, you know? And so I signed up and then as of course, as soon as I signed up, it's like, Oh my God, how many laps is this? What am I even thinking? You know, when I ran on the track, it was 100, 200 meters short. So we're running 12 and a half laps on a track now, but I felt comfortable it was safe. I knew where I would be at all times. And I just kind of wanted to see where I was fitness wise, because nothing pushes me more than being in a race setting. And so I like that they, they set it up so that you put your goal time and then they put you in a heat um, within like a two minute time frame of where you were. And I was like, Oh, that's so great. You know, I'm not going to get blown out by someone running 15 minutes 5k, you know, that would be, that would be a little rough. So I felt really good about that. And so I ran it and I surprised myself and I was like, okay, so I, I can run a little fast. I mean, nowhere near a PR, but you know, I, I ran faster than I thought that I would at that point. And so that was a huge confidence boost. They were the Tracksmith Twilight 5,000 meter races. So yeah, they did two and and basically, they gave you like a PR patch if you ran faster the second time around. So that one, you know, I, I felt a little bit more pressure. I was like, all right, well, I want to at least do better than I did the last time, you know, which I should be able to. I incorporated a little bit more speed work. I actually went out and ran on the track some intervals um, a few times before that uh, just to, you know, work on my leg turnover. And so I went out there, I want to say my goal was like 21 minutes, um, which I felt was reasonable for me at the time. And, 
you know, I had two of my friends running in the same heat and my goal was just to try to stay with them. Now I didn't, I thought for sure they were going to take off and be gone, but you know, I pushed every lap. I was like, all right, I only have this many laps left. I can do this. I'm okay. You know, it's hard, but I, I'm okay. Nothing's hurting me. I'm working hard as to be expected. And so by the end of that, I actually surprised myself and ran a minute faster than I anticipated. So I was like, all right, so I, I can move a little bit faster now. This is, this is good progress. Um, and so this was in August. So yeah, I still had about a month before I needed to start training for this half marathon, a month and a half or so. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I wanted to do well in the half marathon, but it wasn't a priority to PR or anything like that. I just, you know, wanted to feel strong and I was feeling good. I was feeling like I got some good speed back, but I wasn't confident in the distance and being able to push pace for that length of distance uh, since I hadn't run that far in so long. But, you know, I wasn't following any training plan. Um, for the first time, I usually do, but having a baby and trying to find balance between work and, you know, giving my husband a break because he spends the day with her when I'm working. He took the year off to care for her when I'm not here. Um, I was super lenient and flexible with myself. You know, if I was really tired with work or I just wanted to spend time with her without running and like one-on-one, um, you know, I just wouldn't run. <laughs> I probably ran about five days a week, which is atypical, but you know, my priorities had changed. And when you have a kid and you can make plans, that's all well and good, but you'll be disappointed a lot, a lot. If you think you're going to get somewhere on time, do something you want to do at a certain time. And so it just didn't matter. I didn't really care, you know, I feel like I've become more easygoing from that standpoint because, well, I just had a baby and, you know, she is my focus. I want to spend time with her and do stuff with her and I knew that if I was going to train seriously and follow a strict plan, that was going to take away from my time with her and I, that's, that's the last thing I wanted, so. So nothing really fazed me. If I didn't run one day, I would make it up another day. You know, we had our routine in the mornings. I would, you know, get up. I'd nurse her, change her, put her in a running stroller. We'd go to the bike path and we would go out for, you know, three to five miles or so, come back and then play. She eats again. I mean, that that was just part of the routine. Um and I will say that what I did learn is that, you know, it's a different type of strength 
if you can run, pushing a running stroller. It's just a different, the gait changes, um, your, your hands are up instead of side by side. So initially when I ran with her, like my back was hurting and my arms and I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do this. How are people doing this? That just went away. That was just a growing pain of my body adjusting to running with the stroller. So, um, and I realized that I needed to run without her to be able to run a race also. So then on the weekend, either when she was napping or early before she would wake up is when I would start to do longer runs um, by myself mainly because I didn't feel like I could go run with a group and be able to keep up. And I just needed to see where I was really at for that distance. I did try to run uh, definitely the long runs without her. Um, And one other run during the week, if I could, uh, whether it be on the treadmill or outside with a little bit of speed behind it, just because I needed to, you know, keep that going. I didn't want to lose any speed and the mechanics and, you know, it was just kind of a hodgepodge, to be honest. Um, I, I ended up towards the last month just having a goal of each week being somewhere between 20 and 30 miles. Um, so that was, you know, pretty much the extent of my training. I would say about 70% of training, I pushed her and her running stroller. Yeah, I felt like I was killing two birds with one stone. And I really, really loved being out there with her. I just, you know, ran when I could and trained when I could. And that was that check each week off. And then eventually it would be race day. Um, I will, I will say this, you know, um, I don't by any means try to downplay the challenges that come with being pregnant, delivering, um, or running postpartum. Everyone's journey is very different. I have several friends who have postpartum depression and anxiety. And, you know, I think the one thing that I did struggle with is guilt, the guilt of, going out to run without my baby. And so that that's hard. You know, I'm so attached to her. She's attached to me. And, you know, you and being a working mother, you know, you really want to make an effort and crave that time with your child. So that's the hardest part, at least for me, was when I would go out on these runs without her. It's like I'm out there and it's like I already want to go back home because I want to be with her. So all of those things are real and normal and, and you work through it and there's different ways to navigate, whether it be running before she wakes up, after, during her nap, etc. It's It's been easier, but that was the biggest challenge. I did not want to leave her and it's like, I need to get out and do this for me. This is healthy. I'm not going to be out that long, I'm not running that far. All, all in all, it's it's all good now and um, yeah, now I run at four in the morning. Nobody's up. So that's not a problem. <laughs> so I did the half marathon. Um, I, I had an A, B, and C goal, which I had decided 12 weeks out from the race. And they were all 
about two minutes apart from, you know, my PR. So out from that, again, I had no intentions to PR or push myself too hard. I did not have a plan when I woke up that morning until I was on the way to the race for a pace to follow. And so one of my friends actually drove me to the race who was going to run and didn't. And so we were just talking about training and running and I was like, hmm, I think today I'm gonna shoot for this pace and try to maintain it. I didn't do the math. I don't even know what that would equate to, but it was just the pace that I thought I, you know, could probably maintain. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was the extent of it. Um, it was a cold morning. This is in Malibu, so it was also a hilly course, which I clearly did not look at prior to signing up because if I had, I don't know that I would have done it just because it would have intimidated me so much being about to deliver and not knowing already like how I would be feeling to race. So um, I lined up in the line and I was closer to the front because I didn't know what the paces were going to be and I just I didn't want to get stuck behind anyone. I wanted to at least get out in a way and just settle into a rhythm. And so I'm watching my watch and, you know, I'm hitting. So my goal was 720 pace, which I felt was reasonable. And uh, yeah, the first few miles I, I was there and I was feeling pretty good. And I had calculated exactly where this hill was going to be. It was just the longest uphill stretch ever. And I was like, well, I'm going to be here for a while, so don't work too hard. And then at that point, I just went off of effort. Um, and it was like an out and back. So turning back is when I started to feel like, man, this is tough. I still have a few miles to go. So I just kept going and maintained. And I remember being at mile 11 and wishing the race was over. I was like, oh, I haven't worked this hard in a long time and looking at the time and I was like, you know, I could probably hit my A goal. And then right around mile 12, I did the math and it's like, I could actually PR this race, you know? And it was just unbelievable because I was just in my own world. I didn't really have a plan. How is this even possible? I just... You know, I kicked it into gear because the last two miles were downhill. And I was like, well, this is beneficial. I'll take advantage. And I remember some guy was running next to me and we were just going like passing each other. We'd switch off. He'd pass me. And I was like, oh, this is helpful because then it becomes fun. It's like, no, come back here. You know, then you just kind of play mind games with yourself to get through it. And then I remember crossing the finish line. I was like, oh, I'm so glad that's over. But the time on my watch, it wasn't. It wasn't a PR. Um, I don't even remember what exactly happened, but I didn't know until I checked the results. And not only was it a PR for me, which is insane, but I came in first in my age group. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't expect this at all. So, I mean, I, I have no words for that. And seeing how my training was and getting that result um, will make me do things differently in the future for sure. And how I train and prior prioritize things. 
Yeah, I I um I actually was talking to some of the girls today on our long run about how crazy it is or it was when I did the half to have run the way I did on some random I'll go out and run now for this long training um versus following a strict plan and you know comparing the results you know, I did better just running whenever, not following a plan. So yes, that surprised me because I've been doing longer distance running for about eight years. And I was always following a plan and, you know, expecting certain results. And yet you can, or I did achieve good results, not doing any of that. So it's just kind of mind blowing that things worked out that way. But I think the biggest factor at least for me, when it comes to training is not so much the quantity anymore, but the quality, because time is not on your side like it used to be. So when I'm out there, I'm making sure that I'm not, you know, just taking these runs for granted. I'm making the most of them because this is my opportunity. It's not like, oh, I'll just do it later. Like there is no later. I've got mama duty, you know, or I'm on call and I have to do this. And so I think the quality is significantly better and quantity is not as much of a factor or it wasn't in this training for the marathon. It has to be quantity does need to be there, but it won't be the same as it was in the past. You know, I'm not going to be out there for hours every day and running a million miles. Um, so it'll be more quality workouts, quality long runs and just easy runs and, yeah, we'll see what happens with that, you know, and this has definitely changed my perspective on training and running. Nicole has already started taking that new perspective out into her training because she has signed up to do the Mountains to Beach Marathon, which will take place on May 20th. She reminded me that the last marathon that she trained for seriously was Chicago 2019. So it's been a while. COVID happened. Then she got pregnant. And while she did run Boston, she did take it easy because she was pregnant. And now she's back. So good luck to Nicole on her spring marathon. And thank you to Nicole once again. As I mentioned, she has been on this show many times. She has been so generous with her time and her storytelling, and it's always such a pleasure to talk to her. So I am just thrilled that she was willing to come on and share sort of the before, during, and after of this pregnancy marathon running journey. Of course, we know that everybody's journey is different, especially through a journey like pregnancy and postpartum running. But the more we get these stories out there and we share all the many different experiences that people have, the more equipped any one person is to navigate their own journey when they see what the various different possibilities or pitfalls might be. So thank you so much, Nicole. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. So that does it for us for this episode. Thank you so much for being here. I always say it because it's true. We love making these episodes, but the power of them lies in you listening and also in you sharing. I would love it if you would share this episode with somebody who you think would appreciate it. And please subscribe. And of course, I do not make this show by myself. As I mentioned at the top, 
McCormick O'Regan does all of the original music and he scores the show, and he does that from his studio in Cork, Ireland. April Mariner of Bonfire Collaborative does all of the graphics for the show, the website, the Instagram posts, the logo, she does it all. And you can find her at april at bonfirecollaborative.com. And yes, I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am your host and producer. I am once again coming to you from my home closet studio in Somerville, Massachusetts. And I do wish you healthy, joyful strides forward. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.